0: Welcome to The Young Ones, a podcast about teen superhero teams and why we love them. My name is Charlie, and I use they, them pronouns. And I'm Mikey, and I use he, him pronouns. And this, this is not a numbered episode, and I know we've been very bad and tardy and not had a podcast for a while. We've been busy. We've been very busy. But this is our episode of the acts of friendship crossover that we are taking place in yeah or or taking our spot in or something like that um but that means mikey and i aren't alone here so
1: we actually have guests so would you lovely guests like to introduce yourselves sure Uh, I'm Christina Edelman from the podcast Chris's on Infinite Earths. That's the other podcast in the crossover. We cover comic book crossovers, pretty much any any crossover you could think of. So uh, I also do some sound editing and voice acting work for the Magic the Gathering podcast Voice of All, if you're that kind of nerd as well. I did not know that. Yeah, Yeah, today I learned. Today I learned.
0: (laughs) And how about you, Luke?
2: Sorry, I was busy dabbing. <laughs> <laughs> you can increase the sounds of me dabbing in the background there. I'm, I'm trying to understand you teens, but I am Luke. Uh, I'm on Twitter as at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, and I am the uh, primary host of Multiversal Q, your guide of the comic book multiverse, now in podcast form, another podcast in the acts of friendship, I also host and GM the Exiled podcast, which is a mostly Marvel themed actual play podcast with weekly episodes. Uh, I also am the primary host of the John Wiki podcast, where my partner and I uh, discuss John Wick by reading the Wikipedia page, and she has not seen the movie. And then I've got another uh actual play podcast coming out next year
0: yay you're super busy all the time luke you have so many podcasts yeah it's like bad
2: choices <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's but, like but, a McElroy but. brothers like like empire thing going on here
2: mm-hmm. but i had to promise that i wouldn't be the one editing the new rpg podcast <laughs> so yeah. that helps and and multiversal Q is cutting down to weekly as we prepare for our ultiversal queue where we cover all the ultimate universe. It's going to take over two years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Every podcast that you've mentioned is very good. All of yours, Luke, especially Exiled because uh, it's very good and Mikey and I ha- uh, were on an episode and I've been on more than one episode and you did the worst thing that you could have ever d- done to me and asked me to actually think about DC characters I know nothing about. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: We're gonna make it together down here. Oh my god. Uh
0: yeah. Um and uh Christy, you and Chris's podcast is great too. I just finished your um last episode about uh the spider Spiderverse. Mm-hmm. Uh not to be confused with Spider Geddon, which is uh right. another thing that's uh, which is a thing right that now. I'm ignoring. Uh, um but I'll look forward to your Spider-Geddon coverage <laughs> It's <laughs>
1: <laughs> there there are too many crossovers chris always says you know when we get to this one i'm like i i don't there's no like there's no end to this there's no getting through all of them so that's very true that's very true it's a kind of like a
0: just it, they keep racking up <clears throat> racking up since right. there's like one or two every year so
3: yeah yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, it's also definitely changed for me in the past few years because I remember being super excited for Secret Wars and uh, my coast host and I and then like two other friends that he had uh, like coordinated so we could get all the copies of all the books and like have them digitally <laughs> and this time it's like I think they're covering it but I haven't picked up my uh, main pull list for a while and like Infinity Warp should be my stuff but it's like I'm very busy with other things and you just keep blowing up all my dreams.
3: Yeah. True. I think that Secret is Wars was true. Like the last one that I really read a majority of, uh, event-wise. Because Extermination isn't really an event, so... Thankfully. That's it's, true. It's, an ev- it's a lowercase-e event, but it's not a capital-E, capital-M, capital-E, Marvel event. So... Yes. Yes. But that's not our podcast. No.
0: Um <laughs> let you guys deal with that kind of stuff. Um, this is how we work here. We go on tangents and then we talk about other things. Uh, oh but...
2: uh tangent? You mean that universe that I talked to you about on <laughs> Motor Q?
3: Yes. Perfect. Oh man, that was a time. Let me tell the you The Riddler. No, I do wanna say, um Chris and Christie's podcast, uh I've been listening to it and it's super soothing and nice to listen to to wind down before bedtime. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Like it's (laughs) it's it's you all you both have very good soothing voices and it's very good audio production, which I know that you work super hard on. So probably um, to my own detriment.
0: That's how editing works.
3: Yeah,
1: you just edit until you want to die.
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. editing as a whole you go into. Oh, but... Yeah. In any case,
0: in that segue, I will just shuffle on over here. Um, This is a podcast all about teen superheroes, sometimes other things that are adjacent adjacent to teen superheroes. Sometimes millennials. And sometimes, I guess, millennials. Millennial
3: superheroes and millennials.
0: Yeah, I guess. And um other things revolving around that. So, if you guys um you know want to talk to me a second about uh what you like about teen superheroes or like what you think makes a good teen superhero book or like media cuz we kind of cover a couple different variations of things here. Um we just kind of pick whatever we want. Um, We had a sput of a format before, Uh, not so much anymore, but that's fine. Um, But uh, Luke, why don't you start?
2: One of the things that I really like is that it is kind of all right for them, and even in some cases expected for them to make major mistakes, for them to be more egotistic in a way that you wouldn't want a lot of your uh, big name teams to act like it's not good if the Justice League is bickering like teenagers, but if you've got actual teen superheroes, that's that good drama that people love, mm-hmm. and that's also why there's teen AUs out there.
0: Oh yeah, Oh absolutely. Yeah, Mikey and I talk a lot about how you know, it, and sometimes it's unfortunate, but um, teenagers and young adults in comics, specifically, they get to have emotions a lot.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like they get to go through those. Very human traits, and like you can have them be like messed up or, um, you know, go through a hard like mental health situation in a lot of ways that adult superheroes don't get to be or don't get to do that. Um, so I definitely, agree. I definitely agree with that, but I i do also wish that more, um, you know, definitely more adult superheroes could also do those kinds of things,
3: but yeah, yeah. definitely. I know, like, yeah. One thing I pulled out in the interview that we did for Adventures in Poor Taste for the Kickstarter was that the reason that I at least kind of gravitated towards the X-Men is they're allowed to have some more of those personal stories because it's so much about found family, and we grew up with a lot of them over the course of their publication histories. So, like, the X-Men definitely are probably, to me, the adult or adult-adjacent heroes that are the closest to teens in terms of that dynamic. Like, the X-Men are allowed to have flaws and mess up, and, like, Kitty's allowed to make bad relationship decisions and so on.
2: So. <laughs> uh, what, what bad relationship decisions has she made?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, you know. Don't worry about it. Bobby. <laughs> Mm -hmm. also that yeah bobby was bobby was a
1: choice for both of them in all honesty yes (laughs) what about you christy um i love teenagers i don't know if you know but i teach middle school so my day-to-day my life is uh teenagers and uh, my as my husband will tell you a lot of my humor kind of falls in line with kids that age probably just a side effect of spending so much time around them (laughs) but uh I I agree uh, with that. Teens uh, experience so much that they they experience everything very very strongly. Every emotion that they feel is very strong. Every bad day for them is the worst day of their lives. Uh, So that extra added drama to them is is fun. Um, But they also can have a brighter, more fun energy, be a little less jaded, even when they have every right to be because their life has been you know awful up to this point they can still have a really fun youthful energy that i really enjoy in comics um you know life can be dark enough on its own i don't want to read more dark (laughs) if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so i Mm -hmm. i love that about that age group and a lot of times when you have those those teen heroes as well they're written so kids that age can read them and i really enjoy stuff that's more accessible to all ages as well so those are um some of my biggest reasons i think that i think the uh the, the special things that teen uh heroes can bring to comics that you may not necessarily get in an adult book oh yeah because of the nature of like their age group mm-hmm. so
0: you end up getting to tell like more you know multifaceted stories and and stuff like that
3: Mm -hmm. yeah like how old are the new mutants now no one knows (laughs) iliana probably depending on who you asked iliana rasputin or sam or someone is like anywhere between the ages of 18 and 35 (laughs) 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 like i yeah (laughs) for real um which you know isn't necessarily a bad thing because I think it allows for like different stories to be told with those different characters. Like depending on who's writing it, like I would not have wanted, um, you know, like certain authors to tell like a young adult story as opposed to like a actual like capital A adult story with some of those characters. So you know, mm-hmm. but
2: yeah, I I definitely understand that. I know there's a lot of people who talk about certain writers who write teens incorrectly because they're just trying to use buzzwords and co-opt teen culture in a way that feels very artificial yeah. at times. It's,
3: you can't say dab every here... five words. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh. Wait, what? <laughs> but even using hashtags in a serious oh, way like I hashtag Im- fed up with this like that that's not good or it's amazingly bad yeah. uh,
0: <laughs> I love Dennis I and I, I think Dennis is, is mostly good but it was like the choice of the 05 like being like yep Like, at
3: least with that, like, that could be, like, a normalization thing, but I know know it's not comics, but there's, like, a line that comes up from the video game Life is Strange a lot in these kind of conversations, um, where one of the characters tells another character to go fuck your selfie, which (laughs) I think is exactly the kind of ridiculous thing that I would have—I said way more embarrassing or thinking I was cool or clever shit when I was a teenager— So, like, for me, Um, that completely tracks. But some people... Are
2: we allowed to swear on this podcast?
3: Oh, absolutely. It's marked explicit.
2: Hot dog.
3: (laughs) You're not on Chris's anymore. (laughs) (laughs) There's, There's still sometimes, like, sometimes... I feel like I've seen, like, Hopeless and Wade, like, do it. Correct. And...
2: Wade I've definitely seen accused of it with solid proof.
3: Yeah, I mean, sometimes it works better than others for sure, also. But even like some authors that write teens well in one book might have another book where. It doesn't track so well, like I don't want to call anyone out specifically, but I've had conversations with friends where it's like the change in characterization from one writer to another, like doesn't just doesn't track in terms of like, oh, they're trying to slot this person into like a teen archetype that that character doesn't necessarily fit into because like that's what they understand writing, um, which I think can work for like a Captain America or a Spider-Man where they're more of a cipher. Um, and there's sort of this broader cultural understanding of like limits to the characters, but not strict like behavioral patterns. But with teens, it's much more noticeable if, say, Billy Kaplan goes from being like a happy-go-lucky teenager to being like a super angsty, like, depressed person with like no if there's no like event that can explain that, like that those shifts in characterization become much more stark i think um i that was that was not a specific thing because at least for at least for billy there have been times where at least you can say there was an event so um but for for me i think the most the biggest thing for me in in like the make or break for teen media and especially teen comics is not if it has problematic material or not because i think teen comics almost have a responsibility to handle stuff that's a little darker like not to the extent to take it away from all ages but like i think on like retrospect like avengers arena by hopeless like that was a valid thing to do like that battle royale theme but it's all in how you kind of have the aftercare of the troubling or problematic events like if you just have like a drug storyline that reads like a you know afternoon special and then there's not really anything to kind of show them coming back from that then i think that then becomes irresponsible in, in teen comics, especially.
2: Yeah, I can understand where you're coming from. I actually, for a while, wrote a comic book that was very teen and emotions heavy called Heroes International by the first two issues and tell them to bring me back on. But that was one of the things finding ways to balance sort of what is going to motivate teens, especially teen superheroes, and like, how to balance out the problems that they're having, because I mean, it is need to throw them up against big, 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 like, cosmic threats or evil supervillains, but you also need to, like, understand that that's not always going to be the most important thing to them, or at least not to all of them. Like, there's a diversity of thought and a diversity of background that I think is also one of the things that oh, empowers absolutely. teen books. And uh,
0: You know, yeah. one of my for sure. favorite things... You know, in the whole wide world, I mean, if I don't know if you guys have heard about this book called X, a lot of other books that allowed <laughs> teenagers to kind of morph into young adults as much as that book kind of gave them space to do. Like, they weren't kids anymore. And, like, that's what we get stuck in the cycle of, you know, all these, like, mutant kids. That, and then what do you do? Old kids. Still kids. Um, late teens book like get that a lot in comics and i really wish we did like everyone's kind of nebulously 20 something we just seem like still making dumb ass because they're like 20 years old but you know they're just not like 16 <laughs> and having 16 year old problems either
2: but on the other hand you can end up with like a johnny storm who different writers will send him through that arc of, oh, I guess I need to learn to be an adult and then as soon as they're off, it's like, oh, Johnny's back to being an idiot.
3: <laughs> I saw him. <laughs> um, yeah, and like Peter Peter Parker is another one. Like, people can't decide whether they want him to be like 35-40 with like a million dollar, like a multi-million dollar fortune to his name or like a schlubby like, post-grad that You know doesn't have any money and is just trying to make it by as a street level hero like we even in like the last couple years we've seen a huge oscillation there and yeah it's like you there's definitely stories for some of these characters that come in and kind of fill that gap but I think we are slowly starting to see like with New Mutants, Dead Souls and stuff like there's a market for this kind of thing. Or I hope like we're seeing more books that kind of fill that gap. So I hope that becomes more of a thing of like, oh, this is actually a story about like growing up and not just or like this, you know, this team is all in this group, not just, oh, we decided to write a Spider-Man story and basically age him down or whatever
0: yeah and uh, spider-man's a bad one just because so many people have touched peter parker not like that but you know
3: (laughs) yeah
2: well there was a very special issue
3: (laughs) yeah i mean i also keep bringing him up because like that's something that's been in flux over the past couple years specifically
2: Well, I I think he did reach a status quo, or at least it was like a few years of every year his his status quo shifted slightly, but they just got to the point where it was like, oh, well, it doesn't make sense for him to, if he's as smart as he is, continue to be poor and not get his stuff in line. But then they did have to come in and be like, oh, yeah, you're going to lose everything (laughs) that you had again to get you back to a new status quo, because... Otherwise, it is sort of hard to do stories about Spider-Man, the underdog, if it is, oh, yeah, he's got a multimillion dollar (laughs) international business. And that's a lot and, and that's a lot harder for people to relate to as opposed to like, oh, he's made a mistake and he's lost everything. But he was trying to pursue the dream or trying to get stuff.
3: Yeah. Speaking of, I know we Charlie mentioned their favorite um, teen slash teen adjacent book, um, but I'm curious to hear if you, Christy and Luke, if you have a specific book that you really enjoy or like Absolutely. one want to talk about? Yes. Uh, the Unstoppable
1: Wasp is my absolute favorite teen Ooh. superhero right now, and I'm so excited that she's back. Um, I ha- absolutely loved what the eight issues that we got um, she's so much fun I don't, I don't know if anybody else is familiar or enjoys or if I just like said something that somebody else hates but <laughs> no,
0: oh, no I, I, I,
2: Jeremy Whitley J- Jeremy Whitley got to take over champions because he did such a good job and he's been excellent at writing teens and especially like teen girls in a way that I think a lot of other creators haven't. Like, have you also read *Princeless*? No, I've not. You would also probably super enjoy that book as well. Cause that was the book that he got started off on. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, but it, I mean, it's exactly the sort of book that I wished I had read when I was a teenager. And I, I mean, even though I'm what definitely not a teenager <laughs> anymore. Um, I I love that experience. I love her energy. I love uh, the agents of girl. It's awesome. Like I don't know. It has that whole girl power feeling. There's so much diversity in it. I feel like it just checks every box that I could have. I am not
0: super familiar, but I do know because um, my 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 comics warehouse well is large, but also um, the my personal my personal comics ones that sit in my heart um a very different <laughs> from what a lot of other <laughs> people you know um think about um but i do know a little bit about that but christy could you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about um uh, nadia right? All right
1: yeah nadia so nadia is hank pym's daughter with his first wife maria who um went missing on their honey honeymoon but turns out um with Unstoppable Wasp, we find out uh, his wife was actually pregnant when she went missing, and Nadia was her daughter, um, and Maria was killed shortly after Nadia was born. Nadia spent her entire life in the Red Room, and instead of training her to be an assassin, they found out she was kind of smart, so sh- they put her in a special science class, um, which she in- eventually uh, got so good at science, she was able to uh, replicate the pim particles and shrink herself down and escape. Uh, and she's made her way to the U.S. where she's hooked up with Janet Van Dyne. Um, and through like many series of uh, unfortunate events wound up, Janet Van Dyne was basically fairy godmother to her and set her up this whole lab and studio. And she's assembled all of these other brilliant uh, teenage Science girls that are very diverse. We have someone with an Indian background, um, a Hispanic background, um, we have uh, I think of the what six or seven girls that we have, we have um, some queer girls in there too, and fun relationships there. And it, it's just it's just a really fun book. Like by the end of the eight issues, I'm like, oh, they've just set up the most fun story. And what do you mean that it's done? So I'm so happy it's back. Good. Have you been um liking what what it came back as? Like what what's going on? Yes. There? Yes. Um, so it basically is picked up pretty much where it's left off in this beautiful wonderful fairy tale uh of awesomeness that i'm sure will maybe get squashed at some point because you know it's comics but it's a it's a lot of fun in the back of each issue they highlight uh women in science and interview them uh so it's it's a lot of fun the last issue or one of the last issues i read actually had like a 14 year old uh, inventor talking about her inventions and different programs and stuff that she'd done, and I was like, "How cool and awesome is this? And why, why didn't I get to read it when I was 14
3: <laughs> Yeah, that sounds rad. I know it's something I've been meaning to check out because it sounds absolutely delightful. So I'm glad that you've been enjoying um both the original and the the new stuff coming out.
0: Choice mm-hmm. can only read so many comics. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs>
3: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) there's a lot going on over here Uh, (laughs) I understand
2: (laughs) so I I had a lot of stuff because I could have said like Young Avengers because that deals a lot with alternate universes especially in that most recent run and I considered dropping heroes as an obscure high school AU but I think the biggest and in most influential teen comic that I read was sort of the John Allison universe that started with, for me, Scary Go Round and then has led into Giant Days. Oh, uh,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: With, with, with Bad Machinery in there, but I think Bad Machinery just hit me at a weird time for reading that.
3: Yeah, I didn't read the original, but I really, really love Giant Days. Um, I need to read more of it, but... I read it initially for a pod and just fell in love with it. So
2: it, it's one of those things where every time there's a new volume out, and usually if I'm lucky enough to catch it on a boom sale, I'll buy that new volume and like reread all of them because it's because uh, Giant Day specifically is about three friends. It's a continuing uh, story of Esther de Groot who was in. Uh, Scary go round as like a backup character Mm -hmm. because that was like a daily webcomic for almost a decade before it moved in. But like, it's her going off to college and moving in with friends, and just each two issues or so is a different story. But it's just got this energy, and the art is fantastic. And they go weird places sometimes and they tackle a lot of teen issues, and it's very much written in a very specific energy. Mm -hmm. Like, John Allison's work is his own, and if you aren't into it, you're not into it. But, like, I've been reading that since maybe I was, like, 15? Which makes me feel very old right now.
0: (laughs) You're in good company, it's fine.
2: Yeah, but I, I just feel very old right now. (laughs) <laughs> and it, it's a constant delight. You can, like, go all the way back to Scary Go Round, which is a lot more weird happenings going on. Like, there's monsters and demons and zombies and stuff that show up in it. Giant is a lot more uh, straightforward. Yeah, slice of life with some weird stuff. I mean, there is also... Like the weird uh, Christmas special where uh, Daisy ends up tripping on uh, cough medicine <laughs> and she tells a what if they never became roommates, which is excellent. But
3: and, and it's Esther's, like a sle- uh, drama field, always.
2: Yes. <laughs> Wonderful books. Uh, like seeing how the relationships change is so rewarding and it's one of the things that I. Love and I sometimes forget about how much I love until it's like, oh, yeah, that's really good. Oh no, I'm going to get devastated now because they're changing how they're living.
3: Yeah. One thing that I really love about Giant Days, I haven't read Scary Go Round as much, but one thing I really love about Giant Days in particular is how they're allowed to be petty and like (laughs) not forgive each other. Like they're allowed to hold grudges in a way that Mm -hmm. not a lot of narratives allow for. And I think it's super important because it's like if you're like roommate like lies to you or steals something that you told them not to do or like you know something like that or this girl that you thought was gonna go out with you turned out that she already had a girlfriend and she'd been leading you on like you're gonna be petty and like not talk to them even if your friends are like you should probably really talk to this person so a lot of the drama comes from that pettiness and it's something that's really refreshing um to see in in just in narratives in general because the only other place i can think of where people are allowed to be really petty is riverdale which is a whole a whole oh, other kettle. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, well, I do love some riverdale but it's not something i'd recommend to everyone for sure
2: yeah well and then one of the other things i love about giant days is that it is a book that is happening at least in a semi-real pace. So we're probably like a year or two away from the comic kind of completely needing to change what it is because they're going to graduate out of uh, university, mm-hmm. which is horrifying. Unless they do the like, whole community, the TV show thing where it's like, oh, we're going to become teachers now, which I don't think they would do.
3: I can't see... <laughs> Most... Most of them teaching. Well, I can't see Esther teaching, let's say. Um, No. But, yeah. And I want to be clear, when I say they're allowed to be petty, it's not like it's just mired in pettiness for issues and issues and issues. Like, that's not what happens. It's like they're allowed to feel an emotion and then someone's like, hey, you should maybe talk to this person and they're allowed to say no. Like, not everything has to be made up eventually. Um, Not that they just spend forever holding grudges and being angry, bitter people, because that's not what no, they're... No, Mikey, everybody loves each other. Love is the best thing ever, and listen. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes you, when you love someone, you do something that they don't want to do necessarily, and it upsets them. That's true. AKA our entire that's masks true. game. <laughs> 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 um, which is the most teen Superhero well,
0: thing. I'm su- my favorite, I think... After re-listening, I think my favorite line from our masks game maybe was when Adam told Alex, I'm sorry, I suplexed you through the table. Yeah,
3: that, that sums <laughs> that up our, ma- our masks game pretty well, to be honest. Basically, basically. Um, but Mikey, did you bring something? Yeah, I think, you know, I had a couple different ideas, but I think after talking about it, um, so speaking of webcomics that have been going on for a while and that i've been reading forever um so i recently read through um and caught up with like 15 issues of one of possibly my favorite teen comic books um vaguely superhero like it's supernatural at least um gunner creek court which is by tom siddle it's Mm. been running as a webcomic for Gosh, I want to say like since 2003, 2004 ish, like definitely early 2000s. It started when I was in high school. Um, it's about a girl named Antimony Carver who has some kind of supernatural powers. Like she is able to communicate with otherworldly beings and specifically psychopomps um, or people that guide dead spirits to the afterlife. And she's just kind of very... It starts out with her starting school um, at this institution called Gunner Krieg Court, which bears some very superficial similarities to Harry Potter, but that's because it's structured in the same way as an English private school. Um, And it's it's way better than Harry Potter, (laughs) for first off. Um, (laughs) In the first couple volumes alone are like issues they run into a friendly ghost a minotaur um like casper yeah like casper his name is mort he's still <laughs> one of my favorite characters he's a teenage ghost mort is very good Mort is so good you know you what you are such a mort actually luke like in a good way <laughs> like you um now that i'm thinking about it um mort is like one of my absolute faves in that series and it's something that again like like with giant days has happened in more or less like real time like it's monday wednesday friday and i don't i think in like the decade of it being online um so maybe it was like 2008 um that it started like 2007 2008 it's never missed an update day um and it's got all these sorts of side stories like Antimony eventually learns how to make friends. Cause she starts as like a preteen, actually, and then now they're like fully into teenage dumb. Um, and so she meets she makes a best friend um named Katerina or Kat, uh who's uh Kat Donlin, who's a scientist. And so they also kind of represent the two opposite halves of Gunner Creek Court. Because um, Gunner Creek Court is kind of this institution that's a fusion of the magical and the mystical and the scientific. Um, and so they run into all sorts of um, things. Like there's adventures with robots because Cat eventually falls in with a bunch of robots and they're delightful, except for Boxbot, who's the worst. Um, and
2: Boxbot is beautiful. No,
3: I love Boxbot, but the joke is that he's the worst. Yes. Um, and it's also evolved of like there's a couple like queer romances that are really nice there's a lot of different types of women and men and i don't think really any non-binary characters so far um but definitely like it's 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 a very interesting comic there's a lot of interesting themes that are explored in it um especially like Antimony has a lot of issues with her parents and her past and like learning like one of the big through lines of the recent stuff has been learning how what she knew about her family because um, her mother died when she was very young. Like what she knew about her family is different from like what her family's friends knew about them and like kind of trying to synthesize like these two halves of these people together, because like you know what they showed you when you were three years old isn't how they actually were the rest of their lives um and like a lot of themes of like dying and death that are handled very well, I think, um uh, because again, with antimony kind of being adjacent to these psychopomps, these guides of death, like she deals with that a lot and Especially, like, I was kind of reading it when there was a lot of death happening in my family as a teenager, and it was something that was really good, I think, for me to kind of process that. Um, And again, like, I guess my through line for my favorite stuff is these stories that are allowed to have, like, naturalistic relationships between people. Um, So, like, you know, people get upset, and people lie to each other, and they, you know talk about it and stuff like that so i really love gunner creek court so really that's my recommendation there's a ton of it i think there's like 70 chapters at this point so 69 69 nice, nice yeah <laughs>
2: nice 69
3: nice um yeah
0: so everybody's brought really good stuff um i mean i i mean i kind of just like I kind of talk about it all the time. So I've really got to talk about it now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, But, you know, I... There are other things I love besides X-Force. I really do love The Young Avengers. um, A lot. I, you know, there's a reason why Mikey and I covered those first volumes um, when we first started the podcast. Because that was some of the first books I ever read. So, it really kind of, like, imprinted on me what exactly I was looking for in comics. Like, those kind of characters. And then you just kind of start walking down that path. Um, You know, second kind of to that was, you know, reading, like, the revamp of the, you know, quote-unquote revamp of the, you know, original five X-Men, you know, when they came to the, uh, present day and they were all teenagers you know for better or for worse i mean people have their opinions on that and that's fine um but i think it could have really given this characters a breath of fresh air and it did for some of them like like gene gray i think the teenager teenage version of gene gray is the best gene gray we've probably ever gotten um but you know some of that uh just the, the weird like comic book like the way the comic books work and you know i'm not entirely certain there was a plan for those guys when they got brought forward into, into the future so ever you know what they were going to do and they were going to go back and all that jazz i don't think there was ever a concrete plan so they just kind of um floundered around a little bit but you know i really like that sweet that sweet spot of like you know late teens you know early adulthood Um, because we just don't see it a lot like everyone who's a teenager is like you know 14 15 16 and that's a whole different kind of thing than you know being someone who's a bit older you know you know makes worse mistakes you know things of that nature um but
3: i guess i have like like one thing that i keep kind of coming back to especially with young avengers is like i know when we covered it like for me it was very foundational and my reading of comics and, like, getting me into comics. But, like, going back to it was actually kind of difficult because in a lot of ways it's very rooted in, like, a 2000s -hmm. understanding of, like, teen stuff and teen media. And I think, like, in a lot of ways there are, like, higher expectations or expectations of change for, like, what makes a good teen story. Absolutely. um, As well as... Um, so I guess like my question for, for you all, and especially our guests is like, has there ever been a teen story where like you enjoyed it a lot when you were younger or new to comics, but like coming back to it, you felt differently about it? And if so, like, why? Hmm.
2: How badly do I want to drag (laughs) myself? (laughs) That is entirely up to you, my friend. I I mean, I could say two words and those in the know would be like, oh, yeah, I definitely understand that, by which I'll say Dominic Deegan, and and I'll leave (laughs) it at that.
3: Yes, I absolutely, I, me too, Luke. I think, I think we had kind of similar webcomic tastes back in the early aughts.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
3: There's still tables at conventions near me.
2: And. Presumably he makes a lot of money, but i mean I, I I dropped that ages ago, and it's like I don't regret it mm. um yeah Oh, apparently the last thing was a patreon campaign to try and get the comic to go uh still making eight. A- still making 1800 a month which you know that's that's more than i'm making on mine so if you're making that money i mean go for it but.
3: i think for me the uh, again like i'm not here to drag i'm dragging myself more than i am dragging him maybe but like it's fascinating to me like how long i read that like thinking that the art would like improve like so many web (laughs) comics artists did at the time but like still like it's still going and the art has not changed in like 15 years or something ridiculous like it
2: yeah it's
3: kind of fascinating actually
1: well I didn't start reading comics uh, until post teenage years. So I don't know if comic wise I really have a good answer to this one, but I kind of feel like I currently probably have the comics taste of a teenager like just that is where I'm at with comics right now because I mean I didn't I, I didn't read them as a teen. I was that was that was a boy thing. i had a very, very gendered upbringing and i feel like i'm making up for that in my uh in my adulthood so i don't know i'm sure i'm sure there'll be lots of things how about about guilty pleasure television you got anything going on Uh, i mean i i definitely enjoy riverdale there with you guys too (laughs) Um, uh any show that i hear my students also talking about i'm like oh yeah check that out you guys are watching that too Okay. (laughs) Um, sometimes the things that they're watching are definitely very inappropriate. Being able to talk with one of my students about Orange is the New Black is not probably a thing that I should be able to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, mean, no vampire diaries or like anything
1: like that? (laughs) No, my that I think the things that I enjoyed in like my teenage years that I'm most embarrassed about now are definitely very manic pixie dream girl movies. Uh, a lot of that media i was very much um into being a music supporter like i watched almost famous and i thought i want to be a band-aid that was the message i got from that movie (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) a band-aid
1: yeah the they so the girls basically the groupies called themselves band-aids because they were with the band and they made the guys you know feel better and they were just there as like basically the band cheerleaders like those were some of my aspirational goals as like a teen so um, (laughs) that's that's definitely an embarrassing thing to think back on (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I grew up with Joss Whedon, so, you know, I have a shirt that says that my mom bought me for Christmas that says Joss Whedon is my master now, which <laughs> I, oh, <laughs> like, in a Star uh, Wars font because it was like, oh, Joss Whedon is doing, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't something... think I ever knew that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where, like, my mom was... I would never have bought that shirt for myself, to be clear. My mom bought it for me, trying to buy me a nice thing about a thing that I was interested in, and then I almost immediately, like, regretted it. But then, because it, it's a Christmas gift, you have to, like, grin and bear it and be like, oh, oh. this is the best gift ever. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm definitely not proud of uh, how into, like, Joss Whedon's work I was at the time. Um so that's that's probably like my thing because I also didn't grow up like I read web comics, um, but I didn't grow up like super reading comic comics, mm-hmm. and even web comics I didn't read until I was like tail end of high school. Oh, I
0: can't remember what I was doing in high school. I mean, I do, but I think I was like really final fantasy oh yeah that's what i was doing (laughs) but i don't regret that um thanks for reminding me about my life that i totally just blacked
3: out on. are you sure you don't
0: regret it charlie
3: i don't
0: i still love that stuff like i still love i mean i i mean i still love final fantasy like i think some of that is just goofy as hell but i still love
3: it um You know? You're also, like, not super someone to be, like, embarrassed about things that you've done in your past. I try not to be. I love Kingdom Hearts.
0: Everybody can come at me. Me too. (laughs) Everybody can come at me. I'm so excited for Kingdom Hearts 3. I'm not not, even... That's not even anything. Like, I have a PS4 because I needed to have Kingdom Hearts 3, and I was just clinging on to hope that it would actually come out on this console. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know? um, That's what my new year is going to be filled with. Um, no, but I, like, really, I I didn't get into, like, any of the stuff that I'm into now, um, until, like, after, in college or later, um, I did all of the Final Fantasy, like, anime, that's the kind of thing, but I wasn't ever really embarrassed about it, like, everybody's got cringy moments about, like, being into super, super into anime, but everybody has that phase, like, so... It, yeah. it was not never anything that I was like, man, I did that, and that was embarrassing.
3: Like, Oh, God, that's another one. Fruits Basket?
0: Fruits Basket's that's... great. Don't you sit down.
2: I remember teen me having to ask my parents so I could stay up late at night to watch the new Full Metal Alchemist, and then having to explain what it was because they thought I was talking about Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I would go to Best Buy and buy the DVDs for the, um, anime that, like, me and my best friend at the time, like, loved watching, and it it's this it's an, it's anime called Get Backers, and it is, like, this, this, these two boys that, um, like, our friend, our best friends, wink wink, um, and... They, like, have a business where, like, people come to them and they, like, when they lose things and they, like, it's, like, leverage, but with anime, basically. (laughs) That sounds amazing, actually. That's, basically what it was. And I was, like, we would go to the store, like, go to Best Buy and, like, buy the new DVDs. It only had, like, three episodes each on them and they were, like, $17. (laughs) Because it was, like, the time where, like, that stuff wasn't ubiquitous, you know?
3: There was no Crunchyroll could not go on there and you know get into that um if you if you had a very very fast internet connection you could maybe a torrent a very low quality mp4 <laughs> maybe yeah mov of it but like what is the point really exactly we were also on dial up internet at that
0: point it's whatever but you know that's uh, you know that was just the foundational building for like some of the stuff i like now like you can draw. You can draw a very clear line from Cloud Strife to Shatterstar. Yeah, so that's that.
2: <laughs> Gotta have those yep. swords.
0: Yep. 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 Uh, swords uh, and genetic experimentation. You slap that on, and I'm. In. I'm. I'm there. I'm already pre-ordering whatever that is.
3: <laughs> well, I think we've learned a lot about each other and about <laughs> friendship like any good teen drama and um because i don't buy into the whole thing of oh like who you were in high school is exactly who you'll be as an adult oh, thank or like, goodness it, it forms the ba- the found like there's some psychology bullshit that i've heard that it sounds like one of those things that you see on like linkedin um in fact i think i saw it on linkedin at one point but Like, I don't buy into that, but I do think that, like, talking about, like, what you were into as a teen and, like, teen media is, like, can show you a lot of what someone's, like, overall, like, the basis for, like, what they, what you would get into, like, later can be. So, I appreciate all of you, and especially our guests, like, sharing this with each other. This has been a lot of fun. Mm
2: Mm-hmm
3: makes me feel like i'm at a
1: i'm at a sleepover again
3: yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) the last sleepover i went to my middle school friends convinced my parents to let me watch jeepers creepers by telling my mom that it was a cautionary tale about why teens shouldn't drive in cars by themselves (laughs) So my sleepover experiences maybe weren't so great. <laughs> um, to this day, I'm still terrified of Jeepers Creepers. I mean, it's kind to go of bad back to and it. not great and scary. So yeah, yeah. So this is in a lot of ways, this is like the sleepover experience I never got to have. Oh well. Aw, Aww,
0: thanks. It's very good. Oh, thank you. In real sleepovers. my I just fall asleep while Mike tries to talk to me. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Remember that conversation we had last night? I was sleeping. I'm so
3: sorry. <laughs> Try to tell you about raccoons, Charlie. I know. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, no. Thank you, everybody, for
0: um, hanging out and like kind of just talk, chill, chill talking on what won't be election night um, when this is com- when future. this comes out.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was just doing the most adult thing and looking at the. Uh news Ohio's polls blue coming link. in and it's looking I'm glad I yeah. voted it early Ohio
1: is blue thank the lord um, I'm scared to look at Missouri well hopefully everybody hopefully listening to this will be like oh no you didn't have to worry <laughs> yeah, it's gonna no, be fine
0: exa- Exactly. Um, don't worry about where this uh, podcast lies on the political spectrum because um, you already know um, but <laughs> yeah thank
2: Shatterstar <laughs> I-
0: shatterstar in like half a second it's fine (laughs)
3: um i don't know that he would maybe do the best job of governing but he would (laughs) probably watch all he'd probably watch a lot of west wing and veep and stuff like that which maybe not the best thing but he would try damn it
2: why does the person keep running up and down hallways the entire time (laughs) while talking
0: that sounds god. like the best idea. Um, thanks for my new AU. Um <laughs>
2: <laughs> But uh... The X Force House.
0: Oh god. Um, but thank you everybody. Um, you know, so tell me again, lovely guests, where people can find you.
1: All right. You can uh find our the podcast chris's on infinite earths on twitter and facebook at chris's pod um or if you're just looking for me on twitter i'm at christy edelman or you can email us at chris's on infinite earths at gmail.com
2: i'm luke i'm back to damming a bit (laughs) get that sweet sweet youth energy and you can find me doing all of my very good tweets, especially during this very good month of Luke Smith, on Twitter at, at @coltreg. That's K O L T R E G. The primary podcast that I'm here promoting, that also has a acts of friendship tie-in, is Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse, now in podcast form, which updates. Every Sunday currently as it has for the past almost 3 years at multiversalq.com we're going to be switching up starting in January to cover all of the ultimate universe as we become an alternating weeks podcast on lesser superhero movies which means that we only get like 3 week we only get like 3 weeks off because a lot of superhero movies coming out uh, you can also check out Exile, the very, very queer and weird continuity friendly, uh, podcast at exiledpodcast.com, which is also a weekly show, except for when we do the annual episode, because we're hitting our second year anniversary, so there are going to be three episodes going up in the last month, in the last week of this month. Heck yeah. In November. Yeah. Where, uh, Charlie, you're going to be on that? Yes, yes. And it should be very fun as a DC universe based team <laughs> takes <laughs> off against an unknown threat. And it also brings back Lila Cheney and the Star Jammers, which, if you listen to our 100th episode, which is a standalone, is a very, very good new alternate universe about an intergalactic rock band. You can also check out the other podcast at John Wiki dot com, where my partner and I are going through the John Wick Wikipedia page as I try and explain the movie to her. And then the new podcast, which is not live yet, and will probably go up sometime, will be able to be found at rpgpals.club. Because That's rpgpals.club lo- is an excellent name. That's
0: very it good. It is. It's almost, it's almost as good as um, uh, Oh my god, I can't remember it. Cow dot zone. It's almost <laughs> as good as that one. Um,
2: <laughs> um But
0: in any case. Yep, yeah,
2: yep. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are the primary podcast places you can find me. Also, if you ever go to a Wizard World show, you can probably find someone selling Heroes International numbers one and two from uh I don't know who's the current publisher of it, but the first issue is a Team failing to work together, and the second issue are teens in space in a space prison that gets enlarged. So there's a prison break in space, dealing with emotions.
0: Very good in space. Mm-hmm. Good. good, 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 good.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's that's enough of me promoting <laughs> that's
0: enough of your your empire. <laughs> um, um. But you can find this podcast all brand new episodes of the young ones after this is probably aired um every two weeks i'm keeping a promise that's a promise uh um, when i'm not stuffing envelopes and probably dying from um our large pro- project that we just wrapped up um but you can find us at young ones on twitter um it's been a little quiet around there around those parts but i promise it won't be for long um, other than that you can find me at genetic ghost on twitter um where i'm not i'm not gonna say i'm having a meltdown i'm having a pretty good time reading comic books so Heck um yeah. i'm not dead
3: and things are good and yeah so that's that how about you mikey uh you can find me on twitter at quantum dot dot where i talk about comic books tabletop role-playing games and the design thereof and video games and you can find me on twitch.tv quantum dot where i've been streaming mostly um like teen adjacent and weird games lately um so if that sounds like a thing that you're interested in go check that out um recently did a very successful um campaign for charity over at um, the, in coordination with the video game site Waypoint, uh, where we raised over $60,000 for immigrant rights. Um, And you can find VODs that I did for that, um, playing Jackbox and A Hat in Time over at twitch.tv slash Waypoint community. And if you're in the Philadelphia area, I will be doing two panels at the end of the month at PAX Unplugged, one about tabletop role-playing game design and another about representation at the table so if you're going to be at pax unplugged or in the area let me know um via twitter or wherever is convenient for you and me to talk (laughs) (laughs) sorry i kind of lost it there at the end (laughs) (laughs) i have also had a lot of things going on uh yeah um
0: Maybe at this point, you will be able to um, maybe uh, purchase a Guide to Exceptional Baking. Maybe uh, outside of the Kickstarter. We'll We'll see about that. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. At the very least, we'll have
3: a, like, maybe create, like, a page where you can go to find more information about when that will be available. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Both Christy and Luke
0: have recipes inside of our book. So that's Mm -hmm. what I call Synergy um
1: yeah my lasagna's delicious
0: yeah um so it's real good so check that one out um we've never had an intro we continue to not have an intro um or outro intro outro i don't know what's happening anymore time is a flat circle but in any case uh that's all i got you got anything mikey um stay in
1: school kids <laughs> i don't know
2: this one's for hank there we go slay your all enemies
1: right. and all you desire shall be yours Perfect. there you go look at the podcast and have, <laughs> don't
2: right, bye. look at me <laughs> bye, bye everybody, everybody.